Hey, everybody, you're listening to NC Shop Talk brought to you by NC Carpet Binding. I'm your host, Mal Mayer. If you want to learn from some of the most innovative people in the industry and laugh a ton, then this show is for you. So let's get started. The local go-to in Orange County, New York, for not only custom auto interiors, but also classic car restorations, complete custom car builds, and even home interior builds. They started out by focusing their business efforts on interiors and quickly added everything else. Their rapid growth and ascent to the top seemingly has no top, as they're reaching new peaks every day. Orange County, New York has always been known for Orange County choppers, but over the last five years, the main player has quickly turned into Gillen Custom Design. They have some massively big news to discuss, and we're going to get to it in a minute. NC Shop Talk welcomes in owners Gillen Linda of Gillen Design and GDC Auto. Welcome to the show, guys. Great. Thank you. And uh, it's uh, you're going to have to change that. It's GCD. What did I say? GDC. Damn it. That's probably why the uh, email. That's why <laughs> I sent the wrong email 16 times because I kept doing GDC auto. Yeah, yeah. It's GCD auto. Yeah. GCD. In case Other than that, it's perfect. Home. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to start with Gil and then we're going to uh, go over to Linda and hopefully roast the heck out of Gil a little bit, oh, which man. should be fun. Um, I'm going <laughs> to leave can roast Linda, Linda too. I'm going to give Linda, roast her a little you know, bit too, you know. I'm going to tee one up for her, but I'm not going to ask you anything to roast her. So you're <laughs> All right. That's um, probably safer for me. <laughs> all right. I, honestly, I have no clue where to start, but uh, ground up is usually the best. You guys had for a while, I guess a better part of a decade, relied on us for your sewing needs. I'm not sure how long, but typically your team had dealt exclusively with our parts and inventory manager, Jose, but I've gotten to know you guys better over the last five years or so. Um, You know, how did you start with us and, you know, give me a little intro because I'm in the dark on it, to be honest. Yeah, I actually um, came across you guys probably 10 years ago and I was introduced to you guys through uh, Bruce's carpet, who's right down the road from us. Um, who buys all his machines from you guys. And he said, because uh, I was having trouble with some uh, older machines, because when we started out, we didn't have the best equipment. And uh, he said, go down there um, and, you know, you would drop the machine off and, you know, you'll pick it up and uh, it'll be perfect. So I went down there the first time and uh, I pulled in, I unloaded the machine. I met Jose. And when I was filling out the paperwork, he saw my last name, which is, is Monge. It's, it's Munji. It, people say in English, but it's Monge. It's because it's, you know, I'm from Puerto Rico. Okay. And as soon as that happened, Jose was my buddy. And he said, no, 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 you don't drop it off. He said, go get breakfast. He told me to go down the, the road there to the diner. <laughs> and uh, he said, I'll have it done for you within an hour. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, and typically yeah. the upholstery machines don't take long unless it's something super complicated. Yeah, um, but I appreciate it because you guys... You know, obviously it's it's not super complicated, but you got probably ten or twenty on the bench there waiting to go through. So it was it a happens nice, once in a while. Nice the human element definitely enters the picture. Yeah, um, and after that, I was hooked. You nice. guys uh, kept us running, which you know, in this industry, when a machine is down, you're not making money. You know, so. exactly. And like you guys are a perfect example. You know, having one, I always say it, and I'm probably repeating myself, but it's not Home Depot aisle six. You have a sewing machine or a, you know. A lathe or uh, you know a welding unit that's integral, you know, integral to your operation. You need to have a backup. You can't just go pick something up oh, yeah. and yep. be operational in a half hour. It just doesn't work that way. But um, yeah, your your operation is definitely top notch, which we're definitely going to get to. 
um, you know, why you're here. You guys are amazing. Um, Thank you. Of course. You know, if you and I and Linda or my dad or whatever, looking at each other's companies, I can see a lot of parallels. I'm sure you guys kind of do, although you guys are more front and center with your social media and everyone can see it, but we definitely share something that I want to discuss. We've had employees for 20, 30, 40 years, 18 years, 15 years, and you seemingly have low turnover as well. I keep seeing the same faces. So it's more like it's a family environment versus just the staff or just employees or just owners. Tell us about your work dynamic and how close your team is. Uh, the dynamic, it's incredible because like you said, the, the guys, they get here and they stay here. I mean, I've known Kurt since 2001. So you're talking 20 plus years. And then uh, Guido has been with me for over 10 years. And, uh, you know, and Kenny, I've known for, you know, almost 20 years. And uh, Julio's, he's the new guy, you know, he's been here maybe a year, but typically even in the past, you know, Gene who passed away, he was with us, you know, for 10 years and Chris who passed away, unfortunately, another one who passed away. Um, we got him right out of Wyotech. So he was with us seven, almost eight years. So. Wow. Yeah. So I was right. The turnover is low by you guys. Yeah. And it's not yeah. easy to do that. It's really not. Yeah. I think the, the approach is we're family, you know, and Linda does a great job of organizing like barbecues and fun times. And, um, you know, we'll do when we finish up a big project, we have a bottle of champagne, you know, we write the project on the cork, you know, we keep it as a memory, but we all share in the celebrations, you know, of, of the success of the company. And then it's just, and, and we've been really careful about who we add to the team because you make, have somebody who has the skill set to do the job, but it's just dynamically, it's just not going to work because of the mm. personality of the person. Yep. And trust me, we've been through a few that just didn't work. And then that's when I, I go on the road for the day to do a job, which may or may not exist, but then I leave Linda behind to fire the person. So, <laughs> so you're the coward of the two? Come on. <laughs> What's the matter with you? She handles it better. Poor, poor Linda. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're learning more and more. Um, Quick question, which I I pulled a few people to see what they wanted to ask. And somebody said, and I thought of it as well, I'm not going to lie. Have you ever crossed paths with the Orange County chopper guys over the years? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we've we've uh, crossed paths before, and uh, it's not on uh, on a business level, but it's kind of hard not to because they lived locally, you know. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, Kurt, uh, one of my guys, he actually did the Christmas sled for that episode. I remember that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I have appreciation for those guys because they really started this big trend of television builder, you know, so I know it's kind of hit or miss what the reaction is towards them. But for me, I appreciate uh, what they've done to this industry. You know, Um, there's a lot of people, if not an entire industry that owes them a great, you know, deal of gratitude. That's for sure. Um, And I, and I find the people who have the most, negative um opinion of them have never met them so i I, but but it's i guess it's like that when you get on television and people just it's easier to to hate on somebody that yeah i i have a couple of people that know them have had you know workers and never had never anything negative to say i've never met them myself but uh it's like anything else jealousy is i think jealousy is the most evil thing there is because it just relationally it attacks whether yeah. it's someone close yeah. far in between you know and people do it that are 
it could be your best friend. It just yeah. jealousy is is a yeah. I think when people uh, are jealous and they talk negative, I think at that point you're doing something right because uh, if they if they weren't talking about you, obviously you're not you know you're not doing anything because it's not Fair worth point. talking about you. So. Yeah, for sure. I, f- I feed off of it. I love it. I in a way I can, but I also have rabbit ears and I don't like it. So yeah. I can get myself in trouble. <laughs> I have been known to uh you know flap the gums once in a while in retaliation, but. Oh, yeah. For the most part, I just try to sit on the sidelines with it and yeah. call it a day. You know, I have to get I get a little thicker skin might help me a little more. The last few years, you touched on this before, and I didn't want to really go into it too deep, but I think it's important because I you have brought this up to me many times. Over the last couple of years, you guys lost two valued team members and close friends. Can you let us in and pay tribute to both Gene and Chris? Sure. Absolutely. Um, it's funny. I met Gene when we were in the old shop and, um, I put an ad on, I think it was Craigslist, you know, uh, needing an upholster. And he responded and here comes this guy from Brooklyn, the heavy Brooklyn accent. And he's telling me how he's the best there is. He can do this. He can do that. And I said, man, this guy, it's all talk. <laughs> but as soon as he got behind that machine, man, he was, he's just an artist. Like in some of the most beautiful artistic builds we did back then, I mean, it was just him sculpting fiberglass and molding pieces. There, was, there wasn't anything he couldn't do. Like he was old school Brooklyn upholstery guy doing vinyl tops and convertible tops. But then he transitioned into limousine industry, so which was a lot of fabrication. So um, it was just incredible. His family was incredible. Um, and he had some skin issues. It started off as just basically skin irritation, skin issues. And then he struggled with that. And uh, it was just the worst thing that happened is he went into the hospital and uh, it made him worse. And he, he tried to come back part-time and just i told him even if you just come here and and just hang out and tell the guys how to do stuff you know that'd be fine and he did and and uh the guys definitely benefited from it because i mean he knew everything just the the wealth of knowledge um and gene knew 10 ways to do it you know the right way and nine of the wrong ways to do it and he could help guys out with with getting along and the finished product he was always about fit and finish and putting the right product out there. And uh, it was, it was a big loss because not just, just on the, I mean, he transitioned away from actually physically doing the work towards the end. So the last year or two, he wasn't actively here working. Um, so from a production standpoint, it, it didn't change anything, but just that his presence was, it was a big hole, you know, it left a big hole. Yeah, man, I'm sorry. I know how much he meant to you yeah. guys. For we sure. actually, uh, our sewing studio is named after him, the Tasso studio. You told me that when I came in. That's, that's amazing. And, um, nice and, touch. and his connection was when Chris came in, um, Chris came in with, uh, he shows up to the shop and, uh, he had his little wild tech shirt on and he had this little door panel he made in class and, and he comes in and goes, Hey, I want to try out for a job. And we're like, all right, you know, we'll give him a shot. And he had interviewed somewhere else, but they didn't call him back because Chris was a big guy. He's a 400 pound guy. And I guess they thought he couldn't do certain things, whatever, you know? Um, so I said, all right, I need you to do the headrest. And I'm telling you, he spent eight hours on these headrests. He couldn't get it right. It was, it was pretty bad. Uh-oh. And uh, at the end I said, well, I'll see you tomorrow. 
And he goes, really? And he's like, you want me to come back? I said, Chris, I said, you can't possibly do any worse than you did today. So it's only (laughs) a feel from here. (laughs) All right. And uh, he, he worked side by side with Gene and his stitching got so much better and better. And then we actually took in a, a banquet chair job that was over a thousand chairs. So it was the same pattern over and over again. And I gave that to Chris. And what that did is it probably leapfrogged him years ahead in behind the machine time and and top stitch and top stitch. And it was just, it was amazing. Like how he progressed and his, his stitching was just, just beyond, you know, beyond, uh, belief sometimes, you know, and he, he just did seats, you know, cause I mean, he was challenged by his size to get in and out of cars, but man, you put a seat on that bench and he'll take it apart and he'll stitch up whatever I can draw up. And, and it was, it was top notch. And um, that's great. I'm so and, sorry again about the loss. Cause it's for you guys. It's more than just guys you work with. It's family. Yeah, like, we, yeah. like we talked about that's hard. Yeah, I mean, we went to Chris's wedding and he was a newlywed. It, it was, it was a rough time, you know, and, and it's yeah. just such an amazing guy. Loved karaoke. He was a comic book geek. You know, he loved all that. And star Wars, he would try to talk to me about star Wars. And I'm like, I've never seen it. <laughs> He's like, how can you never seen it? But it was You've just never the personality. Seen star Wars. The first no, one. I've never seen any of them. No. Jeez. All right. I, I <laughs> so, got to send you guys a care package. Um, all right. Let's change gears and let's get into the cars. Your shop is easily one of the largest in the Northeast, if not among the largest mom and pop shops in the country. At any given time, there's 12, 15, 20 cars, maybe more. I don't know. Um, What percentage is interiors? What percentage is motors? What percentage is complete builds? Because, you know, Gillen just doesn't do interiors. I mean, they do everything, you know, like I talked about in the intro. So give us a breakdown on, you know, percentage of work, so to speak. Yeah, I would say on the interior side, at any given time, there's about six going at once. Um, and and on the build side, we're probably about the same. So the challenge becomes, which I didn't anticipate, you know, in this great idea of opening the full build shop. So I have a full workload of interiors from other shops and sometimes individual clients. But I, I forgot to calculate the fact that now these builds that are going on next door have to come over here for the interior. So I'm like, oh, what? I just doubled my workload. So uh, that's been the challenge. So it, I would say it's equal. It's um, the 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 timing is, is different. Obviously, a full build takes longer. So where I can move through three, you know, groups of six on the interior side, that six, that group of six on the build side is, you know, it's it's different. You know, so it's um, we're equally busy on each side and. Uh, it's it's incredible, you know the uh, how it took off, you know. All right, yeah, we'll, I want to get to that later for sure, and I know Linda's a big part of that, and you're both of your backgrounds, but we're going to get there soon. Um, give me a list, just rip off some cars in the shop now, because when I was there in 2021, it was mind blowing. You had a '63 Mercedes, a hippie van, um, and a ton of classic muscle all over the place. You alluded to Bruce earlier, Bruce's. Was it a 60, Chevelle, 67 Chevelle? Yeah. 67 Chevelle convertible, which is <laughs> that car is forget it. That's going to, that's an award winner. That'll bring 150 anywhere minimum. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What's crazy is that when you were here, you know, you, two years ago, those, all those cars are done now, except for, I think one or two, which were longer uh, build timelines. But right now in the shop on the interior side, I have a 48 Cadillac, 63 Nova, 68 Chevelle, 58 Chevy Yeoman, 
69 Mustang and blank, blank, blank. I can't talk about. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll get, we're going to get to that too. Yeah. And then um, on the build side, Linda yep. has a model a, uh, 64 Lincoln, oh, wow. 44 truck, 68 Cougar, uh, love Cougars, 68 GTO, um, 55 F250, 55 F250. So, 51 and a 51 Chevy truck. So it's, <laughs> and like she'll, said, she'll tell you the uh the breakdown of what's a full build versus uh just in for part of it you know yeah what's the most expensive car you guys have ever worked on was there one that was just out there um on the interior side um we did an f250 uh truck with a shop out in pennsylvania um uh, which is now revolution. Um, and that was for the owner of Under Armour clothing. So basically they transplanted a 2015 King ranch interior into it, which we had to make work. And then it was all diesel lifted. I mean, that thing was in the hundreds of thousands. So, um, and then also we've worked on the interior side at 35 Bentley. So, which was probably wow. a million dollar car, you know, and we yeah. had, a, and you had a, when I was there, you had a Pantera. Yeah. Pantera. The, yep. I remember that. Yeah, with the Bentley, it was interesting because those were all coach-built cars, and we had three pictures to go on, and then within one picture, we saw that there was part of the car that was a fixed piece, so we've determined to use that as the guide or the scale so we can determine how many, how wide the pleats were, and it was just, we had to recreate that entire interior. From one picture. From one picture, because unfortunately, it went to another shop first that had the original interior that took it apart, and then it came here. Um, because it didn't get done there and they threw out everything. So we basically had an empty shell that we had to recreate that whole interior on. So, wow. That's always fun when you have to fix somebody else's trash. Yeah. It happens, but that's what separates. That's what separates a good shop from a bad shop. Yeah. Um, all right. We all know the leather vendors, the vinyl vendors, thread players, you know, the basic stuff where basic motors and, Trans, everyone knows where to get the basics. Do you guys have any lesser known industry vendors that Gillen just can't live without? Um, I, I think with the new trend of using plastics and all that, so, I mean, we, we've sourced that locally because that's not a product that could be shipped uh, cost effectively. So uh, there's a place, you know, not too far from us called Plastic Craft that we get all our ABS and PVC from. Um, and then the other thing is sourcing aluminum. Um, so that stuff we do locally because just, we can't ship it in, uh, you know, at a good price point. And then we're fortunate too, that we're in the Northeast and Johnson company, which is George Shaw as well. Uh, George still goes on the road and delivers out of his van. So which helps with uh, getting glue and other products that cost a lot to ship. He means, Oh, wow. Comes in okay. So he's driving around with yep. you know, basic upholstery supplies. kind yep. of thing? Yeah. Foam, oh, wow. glue, staples, That's cardboard, awesome. whatever you need. Yeah. So how that, big that is helps. his van? Is it a big van, big truck? It's or? one of those big Sprinter vans, the okay. Mercedes vans. Those big so he can ones. carry enough. Oh yeah. He's definitely got, yeah. I mean, he'll Cruising. go out for the day or two, then come back. So, I mean, he, he's got a good radius, but it definitely That's does awesome. help, you know? That's all that that's the that's my favorite vendor that I've heard so far. It's the you know mobile upholstery supply van, so to speak. Um yeah, and, and then it's called have, Johnson's. 
Yeah, John, it used to be Johnson. I think it's called Shaw Company now. Shaw Company. Okay. Yeah. And he'll have like, because he goes around and meets with all these different upholstery shops. And every once in a while, he'll have this vintage fabric. And he's like, hey, I just picked up a lot. This guy shut down. I have all this fabric. So you get to go through it and go, oh, I can, I don't know what I can use this on, but I, I'm going to take it because it's just too cool. And it is cool. Yeah. I'm going to use actually, it eventually, though. Yeah. We're actually using one of the roles I got from him on the Model A project, which is, it Sweet. just, it's going to make it that much better now because the color is so perfect too. that's awesome we needed it yeah, i love the i love the the fabric inserts and yep. definitely definitely adds a nice touch as long as it's not overkill or you know, it makes no sense and there's some things that people put out there that just don't make sense yeah. you got a muscle car with a completely different vibe than it really has to have or you have an incredible job looks perfect but they use way too much i don't know grill inserts or way too many you know, yeah. fabric inserts and changes of direction. I don't know. I, I yeah. I'm more basic. I mean, I love yeah. pleats, but yeah. so I know I'm a, I'm like old school with that stuff. But uh, hmm. sometimes, yeah, I mean, sometimes, about- yeah, sometimes that's what it calls for. Other times, you need to do a little more modern touches to it. I mean, it should fit the character of the build itself. And I, and I think the difference is when a client sometimes is overly involved versus letting us do what we do because you're here for a reason. Let us do what we do yeah and i just find those builds come out so much better because there's a direction you know i mean with the whole design and and we kind of stick with it versus i think sometimes when a client is overly involved it gets trendy because i've seen you know i've built a car before and i we used to use these things or i wanted certain way i was at a show and i saw this car and i want it this way and it's like yeah but we're not building a car for just today we want it to age well and it and mm-hmm. somebody to appreciate it five years ten years down the line that it yeah. should be a timeless design you know let's not just go out and grab what's hot right now and stuff it in there you know yeah three years from now you're annoyed with it 20 years from now it's you you know 10 years from now it's useless um all right let's get to know you a little bit have some fun with you so we're going to put you on the rapid fire hot seat questions yeah throw out some questions and just give me you know quick answers if they need a little bit more than quick i get it because some of these are a little uh a little more open-ended than i usually do but um (laughs) my first one we're going to go hard on the first one did you chase linda or did she chase you i chased linda that a boy would you? <laughs> it wasn't that hard yet. to catch it out. Linda's not in her head. Yes, <laughs> I would chase. I chase her too. Versus versus the alternative. I, uh, I right. came across her profile on Match.com. That's how we met. So. Oh, that a boy. All right, good work. Did, did you have to? Did you struggle, or did she? Did she? Did she let you in easy? Uh, she didn't let me in easy. She was mean to me, which is probably why I liked her so much. Because I was like, <laughs> wow, she seems tough. But I stuck through. Linda I just stuck. went. Completely red in the face <laughs> and Gil's just laughing at himself, which yeah. is beautiful. Love it. Um, would you rather own a car from the forties or fifties? Uh, fifties, fifties or sixties, sixties, sixties or seventies, sixties. Okay. My man. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. We're going to stop there because we ain't touching the eighties for the most part. They were <laughs> no. trash. Yeah. Um, if you had to pick a car from the eighties, what's your favorite? Uh, Camaro. Yeah, the I rock Camaro. Yeah, I know. It's just the eighties are brutal. Kind of where I grew up around that kind of that. Right. Movie. I could go off the script and say you know eighty nine Mazda nine two nine or something because I like those. Even the Nissan Maximas, the eighty six to eighty eight Maximas. You know. 
No, I wasn't I into the imports then. Yeah. I'm still not into them. I just can't do it. But the only, my favorite car from the eighties is going to sound bizarre, but I'm going to roll with the old GMC A-Team van. That was my favorite car yeah. out of the eighties. Like if you take, give me one car in the eighties, that's the one. The Corvettes were slow, you know, grossly underpowered. The Mustangs to me were ugly and I never loved the imports. So the eighties yeah. was just a black hole for cars. It was brutal. Hmm. Um, what's your daily now? Uh, 2021 Cherokee. Okay. Grand Cherokee. Yep. What's your dream car? And that's, I just, we just, it's funny cause we're getting married, um, in a couple of months finally. Uh, and that was one of the trivia questions. And for me, it's, it's a Porsche, you know, like an old school nine eleven Porsche, you know? Yeah. No, I, I love, I don't know if I could fit in one, but yeah, I do. And I'm only six one, but, um, no, I always, always love them too. Um, your social media following is massive and it's really, you know, really blossomed the last year or so you guys are dialed in with it round the clock. Your video work is spot on. Your images are always well lit, always look good. And you're genuine to who you are as people. And I think that, you know, perfect storm has led to, um, you know, your popularity on Instagram. Tell us about that phase of your company. Uh, I mean, we quickly realized that social media was was a, a key factor. You know, I mean, it's just we're so beyond Facebook. I think Facebook is is kind of a static media. You know, for the most part. I think once we got involved with Instagram, we knew it was it was a way to connect quickly and highlight the work. And also the people doing the work too, because we're big on that. And I think that's the guys enjoy it too. Um, so, I mean, in the beginning, we started off slow and tried some videos and just mostly still photography. And and we knew we had to invest in someone to come in and we we have somebody who comes in, does the filming and does the editing and the music and all that stuff. And, uh, and that's really where it took off. Because, I mean, we were sitting at, few thousand followers for the longest time but in this past year we've gone from maybe you know seven eight thousand to i think we're at like 48 or forty nine thousand right now Crazy. and still growing and the views like some of the videos got i just looked this morning like one video is 1.8 million views already so it's just it's wow. it's huge and, and it translates to business because you know we've gotten five six clients from that and multiple jobs so it, it's 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 real it's not just hey you're putting stuff up on there and it goes into this black hole and what's the return on investment it, it it's it's your it's your way to get in front of the consumer um and present your brand yeah, it lets them into how things are done and yeah and it's unfiltered it, it it's truly your brand yeah. in front of them you know and yeah. here's the work you know because back before then, what? How do you get your work in front of people? You go to either a magazine, which that industry is decimated, um, or at a physical car show. You know, and yeah. now this allows you to get in front of plenty of people. And believe me, there are clients on Instagram that are very well off and are into this automotive, you know, trade, and and they're building cars. It's not yeah, they're just, hunting. They're always hunting. It's not, yeah, it's not a teenager platform, and I think exactly. that's the misconception. And I get it for somebody older uh, crowd and, and shops that they haven't bought into it. But, you know, it's a shame because there's so many shops out there that do beautiful work that we don't get to see because they don't have that presence online, you know? Yeah. I have my Mount Rushmore of cars 
and it you know it's always forever changing. But uh, you gave us one, obviously a nine eleven. You know, w- give me three more that you're putting on your Mount Rushmore that are just like these are my favorite cards. If I had to, you know, pluck them out of the sky and have them in my collection, what what would the other three be? Yeah, I would think um, a fifty five Chevy. I just I love the look of it. Um, Sixty one Mercedes one ninety. And I would say probably a 62 Corvette. Okay. I have to go with a chopped Merc 49 to 51. I have to have one. I, I just always did. When I was a kid, I, they always blew me away. Oh, yeah. I just love them. Still do. Um, 69 Mach 1. Lamborghini Aventador. Or really anything Lambo from the last 10 years. Even the original Countaches. I just always loved the Lambos. And hmm. um, you know, I love Fastback. So, you know. 67 yeah. gt500 you know shelby but you know those are my four that i would you know sticking to them i think for a while i also love the uh um the the years eluding me here um this 48 aero sedan i love those uh with the chrome on the bottom and just the bubble i don't know i guess it goes yeah. inside with the chop mercs but yeah yeah no definitely you can especially yeah. when they chop them down even more and get them yeah the little lower nothing crazy yeah. But uh, you definitely got to mod- modify them a little bit. But I-, I want one that's, you know, blown apart has, you know, crazy looking patina and just really, 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 and just, you know, spray, spray or clear on it and call it a day and put something ferocious under the hood. But uh, yeah. yeah. But what's funny is that we, we, for the most part, most of our work is custom, uh, even on the build side. And, and me, my favorite thing is, restored vehicles i love all original cars like so it's kind of odd that i wind up touching all these cars from the custom aspect of it but for me there's nothing more beautiful than an all original you know mercedes 190 or 62 corvette you know i mean i know it's not the best feeling of you know drivability but it's it's i think they got it right the first time you know with some yeah of these cars. Uh, yeah I could, I could definitely i can go both ways with it depends on the car um I definitely could tell you this. The older cars had more comfortable seats. These seats and the new cars are brutal. And I've talked about that on the yeah. podcast before. I'm going back to episode two with Cato. New seats suck. I'm sorry. They just do. Yeah, the foam breaks down way too fast. Yeah. And uh, it's just not comfortable. They're not plush. Yeah. 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 I mean, my grandfather's 82 Lincoln and, you know, father's 94 Fleetwood Brome. And you could sleep in the driver's seat, which is probably a problem. But yeah. at least you're comfortable. You've been getting an accident, but at least you'll be comfortable. Well, I think with the new seats now, you're just it's foam on top of a metal pan. There's yeah, no springs, there's no give. So you feel everything in those seats. Absolutely brutal. All right. Switch me over to the big boss. All right. It's been awesome. Well done. Thank you, Gil. That was great. Good job, man. Thank you. All right, buddy. We now welcome in the brains and beauty of the operation and Linda. First thing I was gonna get into is gonna be the second thing now. So the first thing I want to get into is Gil. Did not want to put the headset on today. Tell us why, Linda. He didn't want to. What did he not want to do? Uh, it's it's not. And I quote, it's not hair friendly. That's what he said. He said, I just walked away. I looked at him and walked away, which is a common occurrence during the day. Some of the things he says, I just look at him and then I just walk away. What is he? John Travolta? I don't Saturday know. Night he Fever? has. He has someone that comes in here every three weeks to cut hair, to cut his hair. Oh, my God. And, um, and it would be every every week, which I don't know how I don't have so much hair, but anyway. But you know, I go like every ten weeks, possibly, to you know get my roots done. I, I don't know, but we know who the high maintenance person is in this relationship. It's definitely not me. Nice. Hey, look, if he's spending that kind of money, 
on hair, you know, appearance, tattoos, all just, you know, go yeah. buck wild, get yourself a car. <laughs> the hell with it. Um, all right. So the first thing or second thing now is I want to discuss your work backgrounds before you guys started Gillen in 06. So give us a quick rundown on what you both did before that. Okay. Well, I um, I started in retail and worked my way up through uh, to high-end retail. Um, and I was a manager of several multi-million dollar stores. Um, and the one store I actually last was at, I had 72 employees. Uh, so that was a lot to oversee. So I have, um, I guess it was more of a customer service background, um, corporate background, uh, really, really high energy, high demand, um, fast paced. So I came from that. Um, eventually when everything uh, crashed back in, I would say it was like between 06 and 08, um, you know, retail kind of went down, you know, downhill quick. So I ended up in the automotive industry, uh, running a BDC department for a local dealership. Um, because that's at the time who was, you know, hiring all of us retail employees that were no longer um, too high, too high paid. And we're the first ones to go at that point. And it was time for a change. Um, so I did that for a while, um, ended up um, moving on. And this is going to sound strange. So I, I went to um, NYU for interior design. I've always been, I have an art background. I have an art history degree. So, and I've always been into renovating homes, which is you know, my, which I was doing for myself when I met Gil. So I ended up in the, um, in the building department. I was, um, I still have my certification and code enforcement official. So I used to go out in the job sites and, you know, pass or fail, you know, the work at that point in time. Um, so I did that for about five years. And, um, during that time, uh, we had started the interior, it, you know, the upholstery business. Gil was there full-time. Um, I was there pretty much part-time. We did some furniture, things like that. Um, so that's, you know, I really wasn't, I was like halfway involved. Gil has an extensive um, marketing background. He worked for uh, same thing, you know, heavy corporate environment. Um, he worked for a real estate company. I don't know if I can say who they are, but he did. He was the director of marketing, online media. Um, wow. He used to travel to, he would commute to Jersey. So I barely got to see him. Um, so you guys, you guys got the best of both worlds here because most trimmers, interior people, that's what they come up with doing from you know, before high school, through high school, you know, or after yeah. they don't have the benefit of many of them of a corporate background. So you guys can really drive, you know, the business at the same time, you know, you have the, you know, the shop. So it's like, yeah. you're literally the best of both worlds. Yeah. And it's more about, you know, hiring the talent and then overseeing it because often what happens is that you have these guys who are just working for themselves and they're, they're sewing or, you know, doing the mechanic work. Plus they're trying to deal with, um, you know, the customers, you know, following up with them, doing billing, you know, ordering their own supplies, ordering their parts, following up on those things. And that's where it just doesn't work. So it it's nice because we have all the talent and we oversee the talent and nothing gets neglected. So you still, you run the business efficiently. You, know, you run it, you know, customers are communicated with, um, and you make Invoicing's sure everybody's done on time. Yes. Yes. Instead of waiting you, once a month. Yep. Yeah. No, you, I, I don't know how people could do that. That's Every day. Crazy. Uh, but it's just, it's important to keep things moving. And I think that's how, you know, especially with us, things get done and out and the next thing comes in and it gets out instead of things 
ending up here and then they're, you know, they're lost in never, never land. Like, like some places, unfortunately it happens yeah. that way. Yeah, no, that makes, makes sense. It's well-rounded business versus mm-hmm. it's, being one side on anything's not good. No. Um, now what started out with you guys as a local company, obviously, um, you know, probably a few counties you touched in New York has now blossomed into a lot more reach yes. jobs coming in from all over the state, out of state, mm-hmm. more than this, it, it's going to get even bigger because you guys have a monster announcement that you just recently made yes. when you went live on Instagram a week or so ago, Yeah, share the big news with everyone. Give us the down and dirty skinny on this and what's going on. Okay, so I can't say too, too much because, uh, you know, we signed a lot of paperwork. Um, however, we are now part of a TV show for Discovery Plus. Um, it's called Downey's Dream Cars. Uh, it's Robert Downey Jr., who's actually, these are his vehicles that we're, are, are, um, we're not restoring them. We're kind of following his lead as far as design and ideas. Um, it's... There are vehicles that are converted to either electric or biodiesel, um, you know, things that are sustainable as far as our tire choices, um, interior picks, um, all of that. He's kind of trying to keep the integrity of the classic cars, but make them for the future concerns that that are, you know, that are current and that we see all the time, you know, with people trying to go away from gas and trying to be more environmentally conscious. And this is sort of his approach to that. Okay. And we've, we're asked to be one of the builders for this. So you will see us on television awesome. uh, towards the end of the year. How'd you guys get picked? Was it a, you know, mutual contact? Did they notice your work? How did it happen? Uh, mutual contact. Uh, somebody that Gil is friendly with um, put us in touch with one of the producers. Um, they were having some challenges getting some of the cars done, asked if we would take one on. And of course we said yes. Um, and we quickly, they saw our work, how efficiently, you know, we did work and communicated with them and got things done. So now we, um, have other vehicles, um, that weren't, um, able to be finished at some of the other shops. So we have two other ones that are here now, you know, along with the original one that's going to be leaving shortly. So, and then we have basically you got a. They gave you a little tester and oh, see, yeah. how, we see how that went. We passed. They probably got tired of probably <laughs> got tired of getting jerked around by yeah. different people, which is why they were on the hunt in the first place. Yeah, no. And and we're, you know, they ask us for something, they get it. They need some information, they get it. You know, and it's they want photos. This is what it is. This is where we're at, you know, and we're and 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 I don't know. I guess I'm an organization person. So everything, I like everything the way it's supposed to go. And I think that's, that's what they saw. And it it was easy for them to deal with us. And um, so it's, it's a nice relationship. Yeah. Look, I have vendors where, you know, not every dollar counts, but you watch what you're paying, obviously most of the time. And you have some vendors, like I couldn't care less sometimes what the price is, is just, I know it's going to get done right. I hand yeah. it off and I walk away because yeah. I don't have expertise in it. I'm not good at it. I couldn't be good at it if I tried, but if I find someone that can do seamless work and get things done swiftly and the right way, I'll pay whatever they ask. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's definitely an honor to be approached by the network. Um, so that's something to be really proud of. A lot of the guys that I've talked to over the years with television shows, ones that have left, they're just got, aggravated with it, you know, one being the biggest there ever was a lot of it is just an imposition on your life slows you down. Let's reshoot this. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do it this way. It could drive you crazy. So it could really start to affect your work and your bottom line. Um, 
are you prepared for that? Are you scared about that? What do you, what's going through your mind? Um, I think right now, I mean, other than decision, you know, waiting for decisions to be made, um, that's really the biggest challenge at this point. Um, anytime that they come out to film, we're ready. Um, we know exactly, you know, what we are going to show them as far as filming, where we're at in the process. We have our deadlines that we give the production company ahead of time. So we try to stay ahead of it. Um, we let all the staff know that this is who's coming in and, you know, and everybody make sure that, you know, you're ready to go when the camera comes over to you. So I think that communication is helpful. Um, and we haven't had too, too much of it, um, which is nice. And, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, I, I don't want to put aside client work that we already have. So it's really being smart about how we're managing what's already here and how we're going to, you know, work on what, what's now additional, you know, to, for, for the TV show. And I think honestly, everybody here has been wonderful. All of our employees, everything, but he's really excited about it. You know, and we have, if people need to stay extra, they need to come in an extra day and do some, you know, something to, to move it further along. But I think being really efficient and having, you know, okay, this is what you're going to do. And then next it goes here and this is what goes here. So it's like that is perfect assembly line. And that's the only way it works. So really, as of right now, the only thing I'm worried about is that once things come out, you know, you have the the negative press. Sometimes people like to be negative, and I think you'll touched on that. Yeah, but it I don't it says more about that them than it does about us, and and I'm yeah, really okay exactly. with that. So yeah. so and and we practically live here anyway, so I don't think it's going to change change our lives a whole heck of a lot. That's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. So before Gil told me that he chased after you and that you played hard to get. While you were playing hard to get, did you know deep down you're like, oh, I do like he's pretty hot. Like, what are you just um, are you legit didn't like him right away? You know, I didn't know. Well, the first date he was he acted really weird because we went to this this. It was like um, a bar down by the river. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and I'm like and I'm sitting there and I'm talking to him and he's like really not looking at me and he's like not paying attention. And I'm like, we were leaving and I'm like, I I'm not going to talk to this guy again. You know what I mean? And like I gave him the half hug and you know, I was like, yeah, see you later. And the next day he called me. And now in the meantime, I was renovating a home and I only had a little Jeep Wrangler and I had to go pick up a toilet and sink for one of the bathrooms. And he had a huge Durango. And I'm like, and he's like, what are you doing today? I'm like, well, I can't really hang out, but I have to go pick the stuff up, you know? And he's, he's like, oh, you know, I can help you with that. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, great. I get my stuff picked up. Um, but if it wasn't, if guy it, has it wasn't a Durango, for, good, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> what's one more, what's, what's one more hour. <laughs> so, so anyway, so then I was like, well, okay, that was really nice. And then we started talking some more, but yeah, that was, right. uh, that's how that went. But now, and, and obviously now it's been 18 years total. We've been together. So long nice. time. Good. And I know you guys are tight, so that's great. Yeah. Um, you guys have probably done over a thousand builds. Any particular oh favorites God. of yours? Um, you know, not really. I, um, there's none that I can, uh, oh, I'm a four by four person. So we actually, we did a scout and, uh, we also did a trail duster for the same client. Um, the interiors on both full interiors, uh, the plaid interiors, people may have seen it on our Instagram and Facebook. And we did do some work uh, on the scout next door in the full build shop. We did AC system and things like that, but that's, those are really my favorites. I like okay. those. 
big, you know, you have to climb up in it. And and maybe it's a short person thing for me. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But those, I would say those things, we have a Jeep CJ and 80 Jeep CJ where did did a full restoration and uh, some customization on that's, that's on the GCD side. And uh, that's been a lot of fun because I'm I'm a Jeep girl. It's my, that's my, my jam. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to put you on the rapid fire hot seat now. So quick answers. Okay. And uh, the last one's going to be a little open-ended, so you could expand okay. on that one. Um, okay, for me, I still pick my nails and my wife hates it. What bad habit does Gil have that drives you nuts? He's so concerned about his hair. It's I, I'm, I'm so sick of hearing about We're it. We're going back to the hair again? Yeah, it is. It's, it's an issue. It has a life of its own. It does. That conversation. It does. It does, it does look well-kept. It, it it is, but I, I I've seen it for eighteen years. I, I'm done. So does he have like a blow dryer that. insert rack? Like he does station? not, but he uses this. It's not gel. It's glaze. glaze. Don't call it gel. It's glaze. glaze. He will correct you. He will. Does it keep the hair you. soft or does it make it so it doesn't move? It's a little crunchy, a little and crunchy. it's a little shiny. Yeah. <laughs> I have that white one. It comes in the blue tube. I forget the name of it. I had it for years, and it's like glue. You know, yeah, so. no, he's uh this is like a little it's like a squeeze tube and it has its own little metal thing so you can roll it, you know, so you get every little bit out of it. Every it's very morsel. fancy. Oh, it's very fancy. He probably he keeps it climate controlled and everything, yeah. I bet. Oh, he but yeah, he buys it in bulk from Amazon. <laughs> All right. Who has more patience? You or Gil? Um, I think I do for sure. All right. Absolutely. What hobbies do you have outside of cars? Um, I like to volunteer a lot, um, mostly for community organizations. I actually had, a an event last night called Pine Bush first Fridays. I grew up in Pine Bush, little village. That's uh, not far from here. Um, we're trying to promote people coming in downtown shopping, supporting local business. We have a lot of, um, local makers, artisans and artists, uh, that come and they, they're vendors and we have live music. We're just trying to kind of regenerate some of the small businesses that were impacted. Okay, very by cool. COVID, I like so. that. If you could pick a year in your life that you could go back to, what year would it be? Oh my gosh. I don't know the exact year, but probably I was 26. Okay. That, was, that was one of the best years for sure. All right. What's the craziest thrill-seeking thing you've ever done? So the scariest thing was buying my first house. I was 26 and all my friends were still having fun and doing their things. And then course, the realization yeah. that I had a mortgage and a giant responsibility at a very young age on my own was a little, little scary. So the, yeah, I would say that that's pretty terrifying. Okay. That's pretty, so, that's yeah. pretty thrill seeking. I was like <laughs> thinking maybe like mile high club, you know, no, little, no, no, no. I'm pretty, I haven't jumped out of an airplane. I, I, I don't know if I would, I'd have to say. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, not for me. I <laughs> I hope this doesn't come out wrong, but it's something I've noticed, and I'm sure you have too, because you're in the minority here. You yeah. are one of few. There's a sh- is there is it me or is there just a shortage of female builders out there? That uh, oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I sometimes I feel like I'm on an island on my own here, and it and it's tough. Um, you see a lot of females that, you know, I follow on Instagram that do smaller things. There's somebody that I followed that does powder coating and she's, I like, I really like watching her. Um, but I find that even with SEMA, um, I don't, you know, you kind of search and you don't see much as far as female builders. I'm probably an anomaly. I, um, it's, it's tough because I think a lot of people still, when they come to the shop, they right away, straight go to Gil uh, to speak to him. And Gil's like, I, I have nothing to do with next exactly. door. You know, that's, that's <laughs> Linda. And so it's, you know, I don't know if it's just, 
still like a generational thing that, you know, cause yeah, we have a lot of clients that are, you know, sort of old school. Yeah. So, and I think that that's, you know, that has to do with it's, some of it. Um, and yeah, I it's like chauvinism meets reality. Yeah. I mean, reality yeah. is there's not a lot of yeah. you ladies out there no. that are and, considered builders. Yeah. There's just not, yeah. there's got and, ones that do seats, yeah. maybe some that just do one yeah. or two things, but not the whole shooting match, not complete yeah. builds. No. Yeah. And I think that maybe there might be some, they're just not highlighted for the reason. I just, you know, spoke about, you know, and it's still something that I try to make it pretty important that, you know, I get out there. I'd like to encourage other women or other girls who are in the industry that, Hey, you can do this too. It's not just, you know, that the men can do it. And, you know, we make up, I mean, what percentage of the population, probably more than 50. So really, honestly, Hey, it's it's about time. Somebody out there can have a sidekick like Gil that just cares about his hair. He's just there for the hair. What else? Yeah, is he doing? yeah he's there for the hair. Yeah. So, and he, and he likes to make sure he jumps on the Instagram videos because you'll see him once in a while. Yeah, he's he's, he's in, in there. there. <laughs> <laughs> Does he only do that after a fresh cut? Uh, usually, yes. He has to make sure that he has the fresh cut. So that that's that's a that's a definite. What's so. his hairdresser's name? Um. Well, actually, it's our our mechanic here. It's his wife that comes in and does it. She's she does it. You know, that's her day off. But of okay. course, now she has to come and accommodate Gil and his hair. I was hoping it was something like a like a like an Italian guy named Fabio. You know? No, no, her name is Sabrina. She's very nice. Oh, we like right. her a lot. So I'm trying to you know poke at him a little bit more, but uh, yeah, no, I think really, I mean, there's lots of things I can poke at, but I'll be nice. All right. Well, listen, you guys were great. I had a lot of fun. Um, Gillen is an incredible business in New York. Like we discussed, uh, their notoriety exposure has grown leaps and bounds and there's more because they're going to be on television discovery plus. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud of you guys. This is great. I'm glad to, you you know, that you guys shared so much with us. It was fantastic, but I really appreciate it. So thank you for coming on with us. No, thanks for having us. Uh, it's been, it's been fun. (laughs) And I, I, yes, I made sure I behaved, but, and it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening in today, everybody. If you learned something new and liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe for more NC Shop Talk. Do me a favor and help us grow this sucker. Share this show on your social media feeds and with anyone else who'd love to hear it. Thanks for giving us a listen. And until next time, remember to get out there and make it happen.